This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. A Thurston County football star has been missing for more than a year. Detectives are continuing to search for Investigators him. found the young man's car with his wallet and his cell phone inside. We're not certain that he's dead. We're not certain he's alive. It's what keeps me up at night. Totally out of character for him. Shinobin's family won't give up looking until they get answers. Just desperate to know he's okay. From Sasquatch Productions, this is Hide and Seek. The Investigation of Logan Schindelman. I'm your host, James Basinger. Hey guys, before diving into today's episode, I want to update you on a few things. The Winlock remains. I haven't heard anything as of lately. We're still waiting to hear from law enforcement. I was told by a trusted source that teeth were found with the body. Knowing that, I was hoping by now that we'd have some answers as to who this individual is. A thought I've kicked around in my head is that law enforcement is not revealing the identity just yet because of investigating what they found or came across when retrieving the human remains. Is that possible? I don't know. It would be nice to be able to start eliminating missing persons. Based on my conversation with the Moyers and Logan's family, when human remains are discovered, law enforcement usually informs the victim's family relatively quickly once they can confirm it's not their missing loved one who was found. Now, if you're following my social media, Facebook, and Instagram pages, you may have noticed a picture I posted of me at the location where the human remains were discovered off of Robick Road. The images were taken at night a few days after the remains were found. My brother-in-law and I drove out to the location to run a time trial. If you recall, I wanted to figure out if it was even possible for the remains to be Logan based on what we know about his cellular pings and where his car was last seen. The time trial showed me that someone would have enough time, in my opinion, to drive from the rest stop to Robick Road, bury a body, then drive from Robick Road and be within a two mile radius just southeast of Lacey, which is when the phone pings again at 7.38 a.m. This was in the episode, The Rest Stop. Well, I wanted to go back to the scene where the remains were found, but during the daytime. When I arrived, I ran into a timber worker. He was operating a large logging machine. I believe it's called a shovel logger. When I approached him, he shut the machine down and met me at eye level. My stepdad grew up in Forks, Washington. Shout out to any Twilight fans. He told me about the times when he worked with timbermen and what that experience was like. Knowing what my stepfather shared, I didn't expect much cooperation from the timber worker considering here comes a guy that, by the way he's dressed in George Michael earring, clearly doesn't belong on the logging road. We started talking. I shared who I was and what I was doing. And surprisingly, he was willing to answer some of my questions. I didn't want to push my luck by asking if we can record our conversation. I asked him if he was the one who came across the remains. Unfortunately, he wasn't. He did share something that was interesting. He said that the guy who found the remains said the remains didn't appear to be buried, almost like the body was at ground surface level. Also, when discovering the remains, the logger knew right away what he was looking at and called law enforcement. I tried calling the timber worker who discovered the remains 
and I haven't gotten a response yet. Since I haven't heard from him, I can only speculate what I was told. But let's say what I was told is accurate, and that upon discovering the human remains, the logger did find the body at ground level. I was told that clothing items were found and that what was left of the body were dry bones. If that's the case, how did the body remain at surface level? If you think about it, wouldn't the brush, bushes, trees cover the body over time? Or the possibility of animals finding them first and removing any trace of what was once there? The time it takes for a body to fully decompose has many factors such as temperature, humidity, insects, and more. I've read that typically when placed six feet down without a coffin in ordinary soil, it can take eight to 12 years to completely decompose into a skeleton. If the body remained at surface level, depending on the climate, the rate of decomposition could have been a lot faster. When researching, I came across a blog on this topic. Ed Potter, a former college instructor wrote, when organic tissue is exposed to heat, moisture, countless fungi, bacteria, viruses, and animals, this could cause rapid decomposition. I can go on sharing with you all of my questions and theories, but at the end of the day, we're going to have to be patient and wait for the results to share the identity of this individual. Next, I want to update you on the current status of the AT&T phone records. Last time we spoke about this, Detective Frawley said he was going to look into it and see if by chance it had been left out of the case file that was shared with me on accident. This conversation took place towards the end of January. Detective Frawley and I were supposed to talk about this matter on February 12th. I touched base with him on the 9th. Detective Frawley got back to me and mentioned how things had been crazy busy and requested we speak later that month on the 26th. On the 24th, I checked back in with him, but he still hadn't gotten the chance to look over what we had discussed. He requested I check back in mid-March. We spoke briefly on March 3rd in regards to the remains found. On March 14th, I messaged Frawley checking back in to see if his schedule allowed us to speak. On March 19th, Frawley messaged me back apologizing for the delay. He said he was able to watch the poly he did on Jake and that he had a short week and maybe we could chat the week after. On March 30th, I checked back in. On April 1st, Detective Frawley wrote me back apologizing for the delayed response. He added, I don't have anything to add. I've been listening to all the podcast episodes. If I get anything of substance, I'll let you know. Thanks. Not really sure how to take his reply, but I was told by a detective and U.S. Marshal that it's usually a good sign when law enforcement isn't talking. They said, when we talk, it's usually a bad sign for the case because it's typically a sign that there's no active leads and are basically at a standstill. In the last two episodes, you heard from Jonathan Ackerman and Vincent Garlock. I told you guys that I had reached out to Vince's wife and how she was willing to speak. When the day came for us to talk, I never heard from her. I reached out to her multiple times but haven't had any kind of communication. I also reached back out to Vince via email asking him a few more questions. He hasn't responded either. I did speak with a woman who shared information that made things even more confusing when considering if Dakota's case has any connection to Logan's. When Jonathan, Vince, and Dakota were in Washington, this woman actually housed the three of them. We're going to call this woman Stephanie. How they all met? Stephanie rented an apartment and shared the place with a girlfriend of hers. At some point around May of 2016, the roommate connected with Vincent, and the two started seeing each other. One day, 
Stephanie comes home and meets Vincent and remembers him asking if it would be okay if he stayed for a few days. But he's not alone. John and Dakota were not present. From the sounds of it, Vince did mention the other two men were also needing a place to stay. Stephanie agreed, and within a day or two, John and Dakota arrived. What Stephanie had to say about her time with John and Vince was interesting. Stephanie and Dakota took a liking to each other, and their relationship became intimate. After hours of conversation, Stephanie shared images and text history during the time the men moved in. That's when a video recording Stephanie took from her phone of the inside of her apartment left us even more confused. Stephanie paused the video and said, You see that vanity desk? That desk was originally in my living room. I moved that to my bedroom the day the guys moved in. Reason being that it had my personal items and belongings in it, and I didn't want to leave it out there because of not really knowing the boys in privacy. When looking at the timestamp of when the video was taken, it reads May 25th, 2016, 7.33 p.m. I asked Stephanie multiple times if she was sure. She never wavered saying, I remember moving the desk into my bedroom because of that reason, being that the men moved in. If that's the case, if the three men had moved into Stephanie's apartment on the day of or prior to the video being taken, May 25th, then we have the timeline wrong with John and Vince. Stephanie said the boys had claimed to have been living on the road before moving into her apartment. I know that when looking at one of Jonathan's online cellmate profiles, it does state that he escaped on May 25th. I'm still trying to figure it out. If that's the date it was reported, or is this the actual date of escape? Listeners who have joined the Facebook Hide and Seek discussion group noticed the same thing that I did when looking at Vince's Instagram page. He posted a few pictures during the month of May. The week in question for Logan's case, Vince posted on Monday, May 16th, a picture of him working out. On Saturday, May 21st, Vince posted a picture of himself with some sort of wrap around his torso. He wrote, Dislocated ribs, lesson, posture up Matt Savages. When cross-referencing Vince and his wife's Instagram accounts, his wife posted on April 12th, 2016, an image of the two of them in what appears to be her car. She writes, going to scope some jujitsu. On May 13th, 2016, she posted a video of Vince from what appears to be a jujitsu gym. He's wrestling with someone on the mat. I would imagine that the dislocated rib picture Vince posted to Instagram on May 21st is from taking a jujitsu class. There are more pictures on their Instagram accounts that would support Vince being with his wife back in Pennsylvania during the time of Logan's disappearance. Like I said, it just leaves me more confused. Just when I think I can close a lead, I get stuck with a question I can't answer or new info is shared that adds more fuel to the fire. Why is Vince's wife not talking? Why hasn't Vince replied to my last email? Stephanie is adamant she didn't move the vanity from the living room to her bedroom until the men moved in. I'm working with Stephanie on a few other things. I'll share if anything comes into fruition. As of today, you guys are almost caught up to where I am in my investigation for Logan. At the end of the last episode, you guys heard a male talking about a strange encounter with Logan's sister. This individual wants to remain anonymous. The person was an ex-boyfriend of Chloe's. I want to reiterate I take no pleasure in sharing this information. I'm not trying to stir the pot or cause drama with this. 
But it's even more frustrating not hearing from Chloe. My offer still stands. I'm here to talk when you are, Chloe. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Let's dive into the interview. You had obviously some sort of romantic relationship with a member of Logan's family. And if you want to choose to share, that's up to you. But it sounds like during that relationship, this individual, this was a relationship you had after Logan had gone missing, right? Okay, so you never knew Logan on a personal level. No, I've never met Logan. Okay. And your conversations with this family member uh, about Logan. Yes. There's a specific incident that I'm actually going to refer to. And it actually has to do with, I believe you were present for this, but it has to do with a tooth. Yeah, I was the only person there. Okay. Can you tell me about what, when that happened and what happened? Um, Chloe was kind of in a, like, a manic state. I just kind of got like that. Sometimes she was, like, we both gotten home from work, and she'd been running around her room kind of just here and there and whatever, and then she started cleaning her bathroom. And I went out, smoked some weed in the garage and whatnot. And I came back in and I'm like, hey, look, are you just going to do this all night? I think I might have wanted to watch or maybe The Mandalorian. I don't know. It might have been around that season or something. Okay, so she's cleaning the bathroom. And you go outside for something? I went out to the garage to smoke some weed. I came back in and I don't remember if... I was the one that found it, or she pointed it out, um, but there was a tooth in the right upper drawer of the um, bathroom that's directly as you walk in from the garage. You don't know if she found it or if you found it? I don't remember which. I think I might have. I mean, honestly, like a year and a half ago, it was a a bathroom drawer um, to my understanding like it's the bathroom that Chloe's been using since she moved to that side of like the house I guess um at one point like there's a whole weird thing about bathrooms um between um her and um when Logan was still there or whatnot what was the weird thing well she I mean in the only time she ever talked to me about her in his disappearance or whatnot, she told me the story leading up or what was going on leading up to the, basically the day they say he disappeared. And it involved, a, like, like Chloe and her brother were a very bitter, heated battle, I guess would be the, the best way to describe it. But, um, like, she, would t- she was always talking about he was crazy and that he would, he would take the, because... Jake's kids were coming on the weekend or something. I'm not really completely sure, but there was kids' toys in the bathroom 
that they commonly use. And he would put them in the hallway and line them up in weird rows and stuff. Logan would do that. That's what Chloe said, okay. Yeah. This isn't the first time I've heard about this issue with the bathroom. As you heard, Chloe told her ex that Logan was crazy and how Logan had issues with the toys being left in the bathtub. She told this individual that Logan would take the toys out of the bathroom and line them up in weird rows in the hallway. Anyways, so yeah, it was it was a commonly used bathroom, and it was in the the right. It was on the drawer on the right side of the sink on the, in the drawer. And she was emptying everything, like deep cleaning the bathroom. And I was like, "That's a tooth." But I mean, but it looked like it looked like half a tooth, half a molar. At least that's what I thought it looked like. Gina thought that it looked like a baby tooth, but it, it straight up looked like a tooth that had broken half and had a look from what I could remember. It looked like it had a cavity. Let's back up just to the bathroom so I better understand this. Chloe had eventually moved to, and I've been to the house, and I know it's a, it's a large house, but Chloe had moved yeah. to, she moved to a bedroom that was over near where Logan's bedroom was at? Well, from my understanding, when, I mean, I could be wrong, but, um, they were when, when Jake was living there. Chloe was still in her um, childhood bedroom area. It was on the other side of the house where Tina's bedroom is, where Logan's bedroom is, and there's another bedroom. I where who's? You mean Ginny? Ginny, excuse me. Oh, okay, Sorry. that's all I was trying. Okay, my my, 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 my apologies. No, okay, so Ginny or Chloe used to have a bedroom that was over where Ginny's bedroom used to be. Yes. Okay, and then Chloe, that was her childhood bedroom. So when I walked into the house, I remember where Logan's bedroom was at, and there's a long, it's like a longer hallway. Mm. Do you know where Logan's bedroom? Yeah, I believe that when you get into that hallway, it's the first one on the right. Yeah, and is Ginny's bedroom over there? Ginny's bedroom is at the end of that on the left. Okay, and now Chloe's. Once you go through the kitchen, there's like a. You can go through the kitchen. You go to the left. There's a bathroom to the right, like right as you exit the kitchen. So if you come in, if you come, yeah. See, I always came in through the garage, and if you come in through the garage, you go, you're going to walk through the laundry room, and then you're going to—if you keep on going straight, you would hit the bathroom I'm talking about. Okay. Because I believe that's the bathroom that you're referring to. That's the bathroom I'm referring okay. to. Okay. I just want to make sure we're all on the same page. When approaching the hallway towards the bedrooms, there are three bedrooms to the right, a bathroom straight ahead, and two spare bedrooms to the left. Logan's room is the first one you'll pass to the right, followed by a spare bedroom, and then Chloe's at the end. The bathroom in this hallway was shared by Logan and Chloe. Backing up to these two spare bedrooms and facing the other side of the house is the master bedroom. When Logan went missing, this was the setup as to whose bedrooms were where. Now inside the master bedroom is the master bathroom Ginny and Bill used. The third bathroom is in the opposite corner of the house and is where the ex-boyfriend is saying Chloe was cleaning when the two came across this tooth. If you remember during my visit to Ginny's early on in the investigation, Chloe exited a room to use this bathroom. That's when I said hello. The room she initially exited from to enter the bathroom is now considered her bedroom. Most would refer to this room as a family room or entertainment room. It's large. 
And so now Chloe's on that side of the house, which is where you, that bathroom is where she, you, you, you guys came across this tooth. Yeah. Okay. Sliding doors lead into Chloe's room. Once you find the tooth, well, you don't know if she found it or you found it, but you, you guys point out the fact that it, for one, it's a tooth. Chloe didn't yeah. say anything like, oh, that's mine when I was a kid, or I kept that, or... Oh, she freaked out, actually. She did something I'd never seen her do before. She freaked out? She freaked out a little bit, and she started talking about, like, because I was like, that's kind of weird, like, I mean, because I brought up, like, hey, your, your brother is missing, like, this used to be his bathroom, to my understanding, like... And then we talked about how they had another person that lived there and it could have been one of his teeth. And I was like, that, okay, um, why does he keep his teeth? But then she started, I mean, so I don't, I'm not pushing this at all because like, she, but she's gone down the road of, um, they could have been I, somebody else that was living there. I think she said she had an uncle that lived and used that bathroom at one point that it could have been his and nobody's found it to this point. And um, then she starts going off on that, like, this tooth is bad, like, supernatural, like, bad. She's not, She doesn't talk supernatural anything ever. She doesn't believe in ghosts. She doesn't, like, she's, you know, she's very grounded when it comes to stuff of that nature. Like, and she starts, like, saying, like, this, this is, you know, bad, you know, energy. It's going to bring bad omens to my household and whatnot. And so she, she we, me and her, went on a walk. So, what time of the year was this, and what time of the day was this? Oh, this is night, and this had to be, like, I don't know, two months before it broke up. I, I literally would have to get a calendar out and put this all together to give you a more accurate, like, I'm, that's the best I can give you on that. Okay, what time of the, you said it was night, but do you know what time it was? Um, it had to be later, after 11. Um, it could have been anywhere between 11 and 2 in the morning. All right. When she found this tooth, when she was talking about it, how it could have been an uncle's and it's bringing this bad spirit, how long between the time you guys found the tooth and going on this walk had gone by? Probably like 15 minutes at the most. And if with it being that late, I'm assuming Jenny isn't like around? I mean, after Jenny got home, she would talk to like Chloe for maybe 30 minutes and then you never see her again. Jenny's probably asleep at this point or doing whatever she does on the other side of the house. Okay, so 15 minutes after recovering the tooth, you said she started to freak out, and then you guys go for a walk. What was the... Is that something you guys did? Is normally go for walks at that late at no, night? No, we went for, like... No, we don't normally go for walks late at night like that at all. It was very much because she wanted to... Like, this, she wanted to get rid of the tooth. She wanted to get it out of her house, and that's why we were going for a walk. What are you saying during all this? I'm mostly listening. This is like, I am kind of like, what the fuck is going on? And so I'm, I'm humoring her. Like, I'm literally like trying to make sure that like at this point she throws it in like that I know exactly where that is at. And I, I eventually I'm like, hey, Chloe, this is like, this is really weird. Like, I don't, why do you want to go throw a tooth in a field? you got nothing to do with you know your brother's disappearance and all like if this is potentially i mean don't you want to like 
I mean, you don't know what happened. Like, I mean, I mean, because her story ends. Like, that was the thing that frustrated me the most. Like, I only talked to her like legit, like have a full length conversation once about like what happened, and and it ended right. Where, I mean, and it, it's just like she's so detailed about the, the ends of the day that like he disappeared. Can I have you uh, tell me a little bit more though about during this walk? You're letting her kind of talk, but you're also kind of saying like this is really weird but she wants to get this tooth out so you guys are taking this walk what happens like where do you because i've been to the house so where do you guys go walking to so we 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 we, we get to um, we leave the exit of the house and we're going down the cul-de-sac so we turned right when we got to the end of the cul-de-sac and there's the road i remember its name or whatever mm-hmm. and we're walking down the road and there's like fields and stuff and um like we're just like we don't we probably get about another block after we exit the cul-de-sac and i'm kind of like you know like let's not let's not throw the tooth in the field somewhere in the middle of nowhere okay so you guys are exiting the cul-de-sac you turn right how far do you go before you walk into the fields we don't we never walk to the fields we, we were only walking just straight on the side of the road. We walked about a block to two blocks. What is going on here? I don't understand why Chloe is going to the lengths that she is over a tooth. The ex-boyfriend mentioned how Chloe had said this tooth could have came from an uncle of hers who was living there. That uncle is Bill's son. His name is Chris. Chris moved in after Logan went missing. If that's Chris's tooth, the mystery solved, right? Well, it hasn't been that easy getting a hold of Chris. So until I hear it from the horse's mouth, I'm going to assume that this isn't Chris's tooth. You heard the ex say it himself. No, she freaked out actually. She did something I'd never seen her do before. Why are you freaking out over a tooth? And why are you walking down the street in the middle of the night to get rid of it? And it wasn't like someone opening the door and tossing it. Chloe walked a block or two to get rid of it. Fortunately, the ex-boyfriend was smart and pointed out to Chloe she should consider that her brother was still a missing person and it might be smart to keep the tooth. She was looking for a spot to dispose of it. She never, like, I convinced her to turn back before she finds one. She changes her mind on not getting rid of this tooth. Correct. You head back to the house, and then what's the conversation? We talk about, like, possibility of, like, why would that be in there again and whatnot and what to do with it and whatnot. And... Like, I mean, she decided or that the best thing to do would be to give it to her mom. Why? And she, I think she wrapped it in, like, I mean, she showed it to her grandmother the next day. And um, she, we, me and her went over to her mom's house, and we gave the tooth to her mom. She ends up keeping it. You guys are talking about who it possibly could be. And then next morning comes. You guys show it to Jenny. No, Jenny, like, Chloe had another conversation. Me and Chloe worked at different times and whatnot, so she had talked to Jenny without me. What about you? She, like, we didn't show it together. I wasn't living there. She showed it to Jenny without me. Jenny thought it was a baby tooth, which I very much thought it was half of a molar. I never saw it again until Chloe gave it to her mom. So Chloe shows Jenny to, Jenny thinks it's a baby tooth? Jenny thinks it's a baby tooth. And And I... Did you hear that from Chloe? I heard that from Chloe. No, or no, I might have actually heard that from Jenny. Oh, really? 
I believe I actually did. I did not think that because it had one single root, it very much looked like a mold that was broken in half, and from what I remembered, it looked like it would have had a cavity in the, what would have been the pit of the tooth, like, because there was discoloration. And I'm like, that, I mean, it, maybe, maybe it was, I mean, it looked like a broken and a half tooth to me. I didn't get to see it a lot when we, when we found it or whatnot, I just have initial memories of it. But I know that she gave it to her mom in the end. Is anybody wondering, like, hey, just toss the tooth away? Like, just throw it away? I mean, like, originally, I, like, I, I don't know if I maybe started, like, hey, what is this? Because I asked her, like, this is your, you know, what, what is this? But that never, that never came up. So, what's in her thought process? What, I mean, did she ever tell you why she wanted to give the tooth to mom, Hannah? To solve what? To solve what happened to Logan. How is that? I know you I know you don't have the answer, but how is that going to help? They already have his DNA. I have no idea. Reason? Okay, so this is something that Chloe told you, and why she gave it to her mom. That's that's what. Yeah, I mean, all right. So something we talked about is like, look, if he didn't disappear, then he was murdered, and if he was murdered, it probably was violent. Like that was my opinion of it. But murder is generally not a soft thing, and it's like I don't know where anybody was at or when any like. But it was just like this was supposed to be his bathroom. There was a tooth, and what freaked me out was she went super natural and was like, "We have to go throw this in a field." That's completely opposite of why she gave it to Hannah. I know. I'm trying to understand Chloe's behavior. You went from this tooth bringing bad spirits, needing to walk a block or two to toss it into the woods and then deciding to give the tooth to your mom in case it helps with your brother's disappearance. Now, something I was curious about was how Hannah responded to Chloe giving her this tooth. When does Chloe give the tooth to Hannah? Probably the next two or three days. I don't know if it was the very next day, but it was very shortly thereafter. And Chloe tells you she gave it to mom because she thinks it could help the case, possibly? Possibly. Okay. And um, there... What's that? Yeah, I was there at, at her mom's house when she gave her the tooth, and that's what she told her. She didn't say it in exactly those words, but, like, here's, like, this is, I don't know how, she, I mean, like, I'm trying to remember, like, wording of things, but, like, hey, we found this tooth, we don't know what it is, like, I don't know. Her mom kind of looked at us, like, what kind of drugs are you on? You're with Chloe when this happens. You are with, and, and, and Chloe gives the tooth to, to Hannah, and Hannah's yeah. response was, she looked at you guys funny? I mean, she she kind of she kind of brushed it off, it seemed like. It was more of an okay Chloe moment. What did Hannah do with it, you know? I have no idea. As far as I know, she could have just thrown it away. You guys ever talk about it again? The tooth? Yeah. I don't think so. Did you guys go over there just for that? I'd love to know what Hannah did with this tooth, but as you know, she has chosen not to speak with me. But this isn't something I can ignore. I feel most would agree, I hope, that Chloe's behavior is bizarre. And when you think about it, it's odd that two of Logan's immediate family members, who at some point handled or possessed the tooth, are the same ones not speaking. Not just with me, but also Detective Frawley. 
The ex-boyfriend did mention how Ginny saw the tooth and how she thought it was a baby tooth. I'll be reaching out to Ginny about this to hear her thoughts. Now, let's circle back to my conversation with Chloe's ex. He mentioned earlier how Chloe spoke to him about how difficult things were between her and Logan leading up to the week of Logan's disappearance. You've also mentioned conversations that obviously you and Chloe would only know or have and that had to do up until the moment of Logan's like last moment, like not moments necessarily, but the, the day he goes missing. Yeah, what she would know would only be me and her is that, and I don't know if she had a similar conversation about I mean, but I can tell you, yeah, because I, I called her out because um, she never talked to me about her brother hardly at all. Uh-huh. The first time I heard about it was a co-worker um, asked her at work when I was in front of her, hey, I saw a documentary on TV. Um, is that your brother? And she was pretty offensive about it. She didn't, she didn't want anybody, like she said, that they were lying about her family and they're making her family look bad. And that that was kind of one of her big things why she doesn't want to talk to anybody because she doesn't want her whole family dynamic being brought up and, and being dissected for media. Does she realize that it's not about her? I mean, I don't know. I, I, you know what I mean, though? Like, like you're, that's a pretty selfish thing to say or standby is your sibling has gone missing more than likely it's probably due to some sort of uh foul play domestic violence whatever you want to call it but you don't want to participate because you don't want your family dynamics to get out yeah you know you understand how selfish that sounds right uh, i know I, I dated her broke up with her she's she is beyond anything i originally thought she was going to be Where I'm at in my investigation, the gloves are coming off. People who aren't willing to speak up, I'm not holding back. You may feel it's not my place to call Chloe or others out for not speaking up, but what if this was your son? What if this was your brother? Majority of individuals don't understand the lack of willingness to talk. Saying that you don't want the media diving into your family's dynamics is a cop-out in my opinion. No one is rushing to Logan's story to hear what's going on within your family. People are tuning in and listening because they are invested to what happened to your brother. Trust me when I say this. If my focus was about the family dynamics or challenges, I would have done so already. I'd like to add, no family is perfect. Far from it. Every family has their own challenges. Some families deal with similar struggles. Others are much different. My podcast isn't about your family dynamics. Does it play a part? Yes but only to better understand who Logan is or was and getting us closer to finding out the truth. You may have already heard this, but I'll say it anyways. Chloe, if you didn't want to bring more attention to the family and questioning what was going on within the home, your actions did the complete opposite. You said you called her out. Coworker says, hey, you're, I saw this documentary. Is that your brother? She gets defensive. But you, you had mentioned you had called her out. Because right, I've been dating her for a while at this point, and I'm like, I'm trying to like, I I'd already watched what the, the, the episode. I don't know if it's Dateline or whatnot, because I was genuinely curious, like what it was. And so I'm talking to her about family dynamic and a lot of things, like, but she's never she never talks about like what what she thinks happened or what you know like. I mean, I guess we had a couple conversations, but it just never, like, I always 
expecting one of those moments that we'd have a very sit down, like emotional talk of like, this is what happened. We, you know, we didn't know where he was at and whatnot. But when we had that final, like, hey, like, what do you, what do you know, basically? Like, let's have this conversation. She started with a, a story basically of two weeks before and it was, it was just weird to me. Two weeks I, before I what? But, but her dynamic was with Logan before he disappeared. So this is two weeks before Logan Missing that you're referring to? That she said? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, as far as I can gather, like, okay. where she decided to start telling a story about it. And it was mostly because she was telling me that he, that he was crazy and that, you know, that he just disappeared, you know, because, and she, I mean, she told me that... What, one of the things that they thought or whatnot, because like something I haven't heard on any of any of all this, and one thing that she told me was is that there was a whole bunch of stolen products or stolen merchandise in the car, and that's like maybe there was a sales deal down in Oregon or something. I don't, because I guess they tracked the car and it went up and down the highway. Before we continue with what was in the trunk. I want to talk about when the ex says Chloe was having issues with Logan approximately two weeks before he went missing. When looking over Logan's Celebrate Extraction log, there was a message he sent to a girl using the Kick app. Remember that most of Logan's interactions through the Kick app were primarily people trying to get him to send money. When scrolling through Logan's messages, on May 13th, the weekend before he disappeared, Logan started messaging with a girl with the username Jean Garcia 01. It starts off by Logan saying hello. The two go back and forth for a little while, but it's nothing personal. The two don't message each other as if they knew one another. This appears to be the first time they've interacted and met. It looks like Jean is catfishing or a scammer because she's asked him to subscribe and put down that he was born in 1975. The conversation fizzles out and their interactions stop. The next day, Saturday the 14th, at 11.33 a.m., Logan sends a message to Jean again, but this time, the message is completely different. He writes, My sister is threatening me, talking about white-on-black crime. Jean never responds to this message. What's that about? When I read white-on-black crime, I know Chloe's half or at least a quarter black, but when looking at Chloe, you wouldn't think that. So when Logan says Chloe's threatening him, talking about white-on-black crime, is she referring to herself or someone else? I think you know who I'm referring to. Let's continue. Explain to me what she refer- what she meant when she said there's a bunch of stolen product in the car. Like what? I don't I don't mean like DVDs. Right. And You're talking about drugs. DVD players. I'm not talking. About, I don't. I, to my understanding, weren't any drugs. She didn't mention any drugs in the car. But she just used the the the. The, the word product. I, she said, I, that might be a terminology that I, I'm, I'm using for myself. I don't think she used that. That there was stolen, I mean, product, I can't remember, honestly. I don't know. I mean, that's how I would describe it, but, you know. But she wasn't specific with you? Yeah, I mean, she's, I mean, because I asked a little bit, but she wasn't very specific. She was just like, you know, like DVDs and stuff. That's what she said it was? Like, I, as far as I can remember. I know that there were DVDs in the trunk, but they weren't like, I mean, we're talking about 2016, Netflix, Amazon Prime, you know, I, everything it is It really made sense to me at the time, but none of the conversation really made sense to me at all. 
Okay, so a bunch of DVDs or product, whatever, is in the vehicle. What else does she talk about? She um, she mostly talked about leading up to it. It was just this bitter feud that she was having with her brother that mostly revolved around this bathroom and him moving stuff out of the bathroom. It started with like him throwing the kids' toys, I think, on the floor of the bathroom, and then he got created with it and started like lining them up in the hallway. It just like I mean she I mean she was really mad about all this and like how crazy like he was and how she didn't hang out with her and Jake anymore that because they used to be friends and whatnot. But like one of the things I do know that I always thought was kind of all right, so Chloe Chloe's an evergreener and she's very much like that's a college in Olympia. And she's very much that mentality. And one of the things that completely baffles me, um, she used to call me the N-word a lot. And it, like I was like, dude, you can't do that. Like, one, not cool. And But she told me at one point that sometimes her and Jake would call her brother that. I'm like, well, no shit, he didn't like you. And, I mean, she would, I mean, like, because I was shocked when she used to, I mean, Chloe, Chloe's excuse is that even though she doesn't look black, is that she's part black, so she can, I'm like, but that, that's not fucking how it works. Chloe says that her and Logan and Jacob would would hang out. They used to smoke pot together. Okay, they would smoke pot together. I mean, was this a common thing like they would do on a regular basis, or was this like I don't. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I know that Chloe smokes pot every single day. I mean, she like I can't not even remotely. She I mean she can dab like a mother effort. Like like girl is just the higher she can get, that's the better that she wants it. And like I have no idea what she was doing back then because I wasn't hanging out with them. I wasn't even living anywhere close to them at the time. But then she said about two weeks prior to Logan's disappearance, her and Logan were like going at it. Going at it like crazy. That was the whole story she told me when I asked about him disappearing was the story about them going at it. And just it was just all around the dynamic of how bad their relationship had gotten. Did it ever get like, physical? I I can't remember where I heard it from, but I heard her and him and Jake had gotten in physical fights, and I don't remember at this point if that was brought up then or if that's something I had heard at another point in time. I, I honestly cannot remember where, where I picked that up at that point. This is the first time I've heard that Logan would hang out with Chloe and Jacob, and I wasn't sure how true this statement was, but it wasn't until I was able to make contact with a former colleague of Jacob's. Remember Stephen Grant? He was the shop foreman that vouched on behalf of Jacob for being at work throughout the week Logan went missing. Well, I was finally able to make contact with Stephen one night after he got off of work. When we started talking, I quickly realized that Stephen had already had a few drinks. I told him why I was calling. His response was, Oh yeah, I hung out with that kid. It was all cool. I was shocked by that comment. Even though he had been drinking, I had asked if we can go on record. Stephen said he wasn't comfortable talking about the topic considering that he had been drinking. I told Stephen I would call him another day. Stephen agreed. It wasn't long after that call, I stopped by unannounced at Pacific Wall Systems. Stephen and I interviewed. Unfortunately, I had to send the recording to a professional production company because the wind is too strong to hear and the problem goes beyond my amateur mix mastering skills. You guys will hear that interview in the next episode. But let's continue the interview with Chloe's ex. She talked about how he um, had completely changed from when he got back and from college or whatnot. He's completely the 
reclusive. Supposedly he's hanging out with some new guy friends that he's met from work and like he's not around or like he's doing a lot of manic things, I guess you could say. But it mostly evolved around like what 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 he what he, he got what he what he was doing at the time and like I guess According to Chloe, she met some new guys that she, because I was like, you know, like, you guys all hung out, you know, all his friends, like, you, like, and then supposedly there were some new guys that he met at, like, his last job or whatnot that got him into some possibly shady stuff. And that was the example for why there was stolen product in the car, and maybe that had something to do with these other people. With the new friends at work, there, she said that they could have been, there was, there were shady people? Shady, which I thought all of her friends were beyond the shadiest of that I would want to hang out with. These people at work got Logan into something that she wasn't very aware of. Like she didn't have any more information than what I've basically told you that, that got him into something possibly and that was a possibility for But the thing that was weirdest about the conversations was finally get to the point of like him disappearing. That's like basically where our conversation ends. It was just like I can't remember what we did or when we did why we contacted her why like we just and she was pretty frustrated like she was she could be generally honest at that point of just she did she doesn't remember exactly what happened then and, hmm. or I don't know but it's just there was no more details before there was details of things like examples and there was nothing there was nothing like we did this we did that it just never made sense to me for how she reacted and whatnot. and why, why do you want to fucking walk in the field and throw a tooth and then, like, just throw it away? Bad omens or whatever. Throw okay. it in the trash can out. And, and that was the same, because where Logan's bedroom's at, you would have to go from out of his bedroom, up the hallway, short, you know, around the corner, through the kitchen, into that bathroom right there, right? Yes. So that was Logan's bathroom. From my understanding, it was kind of the peace thing, like, this would be Logan's bathroom because of the war going on between Chloe and Logan and the other bathroom. So, oh, this is what so where's the bathroom that Chloe and Jake and the kids would use? That would be, I, I've never been in that bathroom, but that's somewhere down in the hallway that the, the rest of the bedrooms are located. So their, their argument had to do with the bathroom that was on the side of the house. We're, we're, when they're debating about the kids' toys and all that, that's on, the, that's on the side of the house with all the bedrooms. And then the other bathroom is on the side of the house that is... Um, where Chloe stays currently, to my understanding. I wrapped up our interview, and I'm not sure what to make of this. So I reached out to Detective Frawley to see if he had heard about this tooth story. I had another ex-boyfriend reach out to me. His name was Have you ever heard of <coughs> Dated Chloe probably about, uh, about a year and a half, two years ago, I believe. And sure. they're, they're cleaning the bedroom one night, or bathroom one night. And, or he comes across, he opens his door and finds his tooth. And he said, Chloe just freaked out about it and grabbed it and was like, you know, this is bad spirits and juju, whatever. I mean, you can easily say it's probably just high as a kite, but he said she was freaking out. Never seen her like this before. And she eventually goes out to the garage and the time is like around 1 a.m. in the morning. They go out to the garage and then she just starts walking down the road where they live. And she doesn't realize he's right behind her. And so he catches up and he's like, what the fuck are we doing? And she's like, I just got to get rid of this. This is bad spirits. He's like, Chloe, what, like, why, this is weird. She wanted to throw it into the, like, the woods. And he said eventually he convinces her they walk back to her house. 
takes it to Hannah's house and gives it to Hannah. What the hell? Why would you do that? You just throw it in the garbage if it's not your tooth. Or if it's if it's any tooth. Right. That that's weird. Was... I ain't never heard that kind of shit, man. Uh-uh. See, that's one thing. I wish Hannah would talk, and she she won't, man. Why? She just won't. And I don't... She will talk to anybody. And again, that's not normal. You would think right. a mama, especially a mama, would want to talk to anybody and everybody about her baby boy, right? That, right. That's just... That's normal. And, and that hasn't happened, you know? And... and and then, you know, that's part of what Mary told me, that there was times she was pissed off that they were doing fundraisers to try to get money, you know, and she's pissed off about that. She, it just all weird, abnormal stuff. And, and, and while I agree with all of that, it still doesn't implicate her. Because, again, it's weird that she gave the babies to mom to do whatever she was going to do and then never took them back. That's weird. So yeah. the whole thing's weird, you well, know? did you, um, I had heard that, the reason why they don't still talk today is because she tried to take the kids back, but Ginny put a block to that. Could be. So that's why they still have problems today. Yeah. But it is weird. Yeah, see, and I would love to talk to Hannah about that. You know, what is up with that? Yeah, there was a weird message that was on Logan's uh, message history where he talks about his sister on the 14th saying, My sister is threatening, my sister is threatening me talking about white on black crime. Logan, Logan sends that to a random individual. Yeah. Again, it's just days before he goes missing. I just thought that that was another one of those inter- interesting comments. What was that about, Chloe type of thing? You guys just fighting? and I don't know. I'm not sure what Detective Frawley will choose to do with this information. Like he said, weird behavior doesn't implicate you. And he's right. It's hard to accept, but the fact of the matter is, you can't just arrest someone because of odd behavior. People don't have to speak to law enforcement. They have the right to remain silent. But I want to reiterate to Chloe, Hannah, Jacob, and the other people who have refused to speak up. Go speak to Frawley. I don't care if you don't talk with me, but speak to someone who can help with Logan's investigation. To give you another example of someone not speaking up, I had reached out to a girl Logan was dating while in college at WSU. She was initially willing to speak, but then she went silent. I stayed persistent with my request to speak. Eventually, she messaged me back. She wrote the following. Listen, I'm sorry to have kept you waiting for so long. I'm not interested in speaking to you or anyone else about my past relationship with Logan. Only his family if they wish. Thank you. Please do not reach out to me again. I don't get it. A person is missing your boyfriend, friend, brother, son. I just don't understand. You can tell me all of your reasons, but you should know by now what my intentions are as to why I want to speak with you. And at the end of the day, do it for Logan. But I want to share with you a conversation I did have with someone who was brought to my attention. A girl by the name of Emily Smith was posting on the Facebook discussion page, saying something about how Logan leaving on his own accord. The reason for leaving was because Logan was transgender. I messaged Emily March 2nd, asking to speak. On March 27th, Emily wrote me back. Why? Per Mary, it's of no significance and takes the detectives off the real theory, lol. It didn't matter to her if he was or wasn't trans. But it sure as hell pissed her off to mention it for some reason. That's about it. It was a simple comment from a stranger that should have really had not much value at all, but she attacked it pretty quickly, didn't she? LOL. That photo is not of his mother. You can tell by the hairline and nose. Anyways, have a good night. 
Maybe people should be looking at Mary. Isn't her husband retired detective from the same office investigating this? And according to the rest of the family, Mary didn't want much to do with him until he disappeared, and now she is very involved. Like she's leading the investigation in every direction that she wants it to go. I really think there was a reason that the photo was taken down, and why it made her so upset to talk about that subject. It obviously makes her upset to think about him being transgender. And also, the other young man that went missing from the same area looks like a person they saw jumping from Logan's car, Matthew Anfeld. I wrote Emily back. Would love to speak over the phone. You made some points I'd like to hear more on. Emily replied, That's alright. They're only an opinion regarding the situation. If you'd like to investigate further, it's up to you to do the digging on what you think needs to be turned over. All I have is my personal hypothesis of what could have happened to Logan. Maybe it will be helpful in connecting pieces. Maybe not. But that's about it. What I've messaged is really my own thoughts pertaining to this case. Just an opinion that upset Mary for some reason. Maybe you'll be the one to figure out why. Take care. The only other thing I don't think anyone has really looked into is Logan's picture on his Facebook. The stars one. If you look at the stars, it says, So sorry, written in the stars. If you adjust the brightness and contrast, it's written there in the photo. That profile picture was also uploaded not long before he disappeared. I really don't think anything bad happened to him. I think he left on his own. Anyways, I really like what you do. I hope you can give the family and everyone else following his case a sense of closure in some way or another. Ended with a winking emoji face. There's only been one other person who's accused Mary and Mike Ware for having something to do with Logan's disappearance. I won't say their name, but they know who they are. It's not hearsay. I've seen the text messages myself along with the social media posts accusing that the Wares has something to do with Logan going missing. It's disheartening. You can say that they weren't close to Logan until his later years or that Mary is only helping because she wants to be in the spotlight. I'll tell you that you're horribly wrong. How much time, effort, money, and heartache the Wares have endured to help the investigation is proof of their good intentions. I don't care who you are. If attention was all that you were seeking, eventually over the course of nearly five years, your flame or desire to be in the spotlight will have burnt out. But that's not the case for the Wares, now is it? Don't get me wrong, Mary's passion to finding out what happened to Logan can sometimes rub people the wrong way, but it's like Mama Bear comes out when she sees an inaccurate statement posted online. But it's only because she cares. The Wares love Logan, just like I said earlier in the season about having long conversations with Ginny, I've had the same long phone calls with Mary. She's always made herself available to me. I feel the need to speak up for Mary and Mike because of the text messages and social media posts shared with me when this person was attacking them. And Emily Smith sounds a lot like the same person. And when you look at Emily's Facebook profile, you can tell it's fake. I've ran her Facebook profile picture through a facial recognition program. I haven't found any other profiles yet. She's changed her relationship a few times. Now she's in a relationship dating back to February 13th, 2018. Not sure the significance of that yet. Her Facebook head cover photo says, Don't ask my forgiveness to justify forgiving yourself. 
If you can't forgive yourself for your actions, then fuck off. So, if you're listening to this, Emily, give me a call. Not just by phone, but by video. I'll be waiting. Otherwise, it was nice talking to you.